0: The results were rarely admirable, often laughable, and sometimes grotesque. But always they were unreal, a distortion of my true self, as must be the case when one lives from the outside in, not the inside out. I had simply found a noble way to live a life that was not my own, a life spent imitating heroes instead of listening to my heart. Today, some thirty years later, Let your life speak means something else to me, a meaning faithful both to the ambiguity of those words and to the complexity of my own experience. Before you tell your life what you intend to do with it, listen for what it intends to do with you. Before you tell your life what truths and values you have decided to live up to, let your life tell you what truths you embody, what values you represent. My youthful understanding of let your life speak led me to conjure up the highest values I could imagine, and then try to conform my life to them, whether they were mine or not. If that sounds like what we are supposed to do with values, it is because that is what we are too often taught. There is a simplistic brand of moralism among us that wants to reduce the ethical life to making a list, checking it twice, against the index in some best-selling book of virtues, perhaps and then trying very hard not to be naughty but nice. There may be moments in life when we are so unformed that we need to use values, like an exoskeleton, to keep us from collapsing. But something is very wrong if such moments recur often in adulthood. Trying to live someone else's life, or to live by an abstract norm, will invariably fail and may even do great damage vocation the way i was seeking it becomes an act of will a grim determination that one's life will go this way or that whether it wants to or not if the self is sin-ridden and will bow to truth and goodness only under duress that approach to vocation makes sense but if the self seeks not pathology but wholeness as i believe it does then the willful pursuit of vocation is an act of violence toward ourselves Violence in the name of a vision that, however lofty, is forced on the self from without rather than grown from within. True self, when violated, will always resist us, sometimes at great cost, holding our lives in check until we honor its truth. Vocation does not come from willfulness. It comes from listening. I must listen to my life and try to understand what it is truly about—quite apart from what I would like it to be about, or my life will never represent anything real in the world, no matter how earnest my intentions. That insight is hidden in the word vocation itself, which is rooted in the Latin for voice. Vocation does not mean a goal that I pursue. It means a calling that I hear. Before I can tell my life what I want to do with it, I must listen to my life telling me who I am. I must listen for the truths and values at the heart of my own identity, not the standards by which I must live, but the standards by which I cannot help but live if I am living my own life. Behind this understanding of vocation is a truth that the ego does not want to hear because it threatens the ego's turf. Everyone has a life that is different from the I of daily consciousness, a life that is trying to live through the I who is its vessel. This is what the poet knows, and what every wisdom tradition teaches. There is a great gulf between the way my ego wants to identify me, with its protective masks and self-serving fictions, and my true self. It takes time and hard experience to sense the difference between the two. To sense that running beneath the surface of the experience I call my life, there is a deeper and truer life waiting to be acknowledged. That fact alone makes listen to your life difficult counsel to follow. The difficulty is compounded by the fact that from our first days in school, we are taught to listen to everything and everyone but ourselves, to take all our clues about living from the people and powers around us. I sometimes lead retreats, and from time to time participants show me the notes they are taking as the retreat unfolds. The pattern is nearly universal. People take copious notes on what the retreat leader says, and they sometimes take notes on the words of certain wise people in the group, but rarely, if ever, do they take notes on what they.